What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Wednesday, January 31st. That means we're at the last day of January. Can you believe it? To some of you, it flew by, and to others, maybe this was the longest month of the year. Even though we've got other months with 31 days, there were just so many parties from the holidays and celebrations at the end of the year, and then the next thing you know, you're already in January, so maybe a lot of these January days kind of had Monday vibes to them, but hey, we've almost made it through it. We still got the rest of the afternoon and into tonight. And then when you wake up, it'll be February 1st, and you'll get to hear my voice tomorrow afternoon on the first day of February. I posted a picture on my Instagram story earlier today, this morning while I was having some coffee, just my January recap. It was a busy month for me. I went on 14 flights in the month of January. 14, so almost every other day on a plane. Now, it wasn't every other day. Some days I was on two flights in one day, uh, but still it averaged out to almost a flight every other day. And I enjoy traveling. I enjoy being in the air. I enjoy not being bothered. I enjoy not being able to uh, make a phone call or receive a phone call I just like sitting back, listening to music, eating some airplane food. You never know who you're going to sit next to either. Just nice and relaxing. So I don't mind flying. 14 flights in January, that's a record start for me. Uh, So I'm on pace for, what, like 160-something? 150, right in that area? I won't get to that point because I will slow down come... February and and March, just like things here on the show, will slow down a little bit after football season, but they won't come to a screeching halt because you know how it is in South Florida. Not only do we get stories all the time, stories will come up that I don't even have any idea about right now. They're on none of our radars. We'll get those stories that we do not expect, and then we've still got action. We've got the Heat. We've got the Panthers. We'll have the Marlins starting up. I said it yesterday, the thing about when we turn the calendar to February, I don't know about you, but I think about pitchers and catchers reporting. And that will be happening in just a couple of weeks. For now, though, forget about a couple of weeks. Let's talk about what's happening this weekend, because we are getting closer and closer to the big event. That would be the Pro Bowl games, which are coming up this weekend in Orlando. Orlando. If you're thinking about dropping everything and running over to Orlando or flying there or taking the bright line, hopefully without it hitting anybody or a car, how, how could you not? I mean, what is there to think twice about? Head to Orlando, watch players play flag football, skills competitions. That is just so compelling. What else would I want to do 
with my weekend. Actually, there's many things I would rather do with my weekend. I'll be spending the weekend in Medellin before I fly back to Miami on Monday morning. That's where I'm doing the show from right now, Medellin. And it's a fantastic place. Although today it is a little cloudy and it's cooler than usual. There's still, no matter what the temperature, amazing views here. Some of the best views in the world. I've heard people tell me, oh, you go to this country, you should see the views there, the museums, the mountains, just incredible views. The views here? I don't care what view you're looking at somewhere else. The views here are amazing. Much better than viewing whatever's going to happen in Orlando this weekend. Taylor Swift's not going to be there, so you know it's not a big event. Taylor Swift's kind of just the the talk right now about the big game, and that's fine. We still got a week and a half to get there. People need things to talk about. They're going to show her a lot. She'll be written about a lot. I mean, nothing new. She's a huge star, and some people are going to be mad about her being there. What's the difference? You want to talk about it now? Like, who cares? We're 10 days away from the Super Bowl being played. The teams, they haven't arrived. She is the biggest pop star in the world. So it makes sense that she's going to be spoken about, and she will get talked about even as we get close to kickoff and then uh, during the game. I asked a friend of mine a question the other day, and I just, I just thought of it like it popped up in my head. I was trying to compare somebody from back in the day to what Taylor Swift is now, and my only thought was Michael Jackson. Like, is she similar to Michael Jackson? That was my question to my friend, and my friend's like, well, popularity-wise, yes. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He's like, because dancing-wise, no. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure Taylor's very talented. I, I haven't watched her, but dancing-wise, Michael Jackson was amazing. Usher is going to be the halftime show in Vegas. That should be good. So we'll have people watching because of the game. We'll have people watching because of Usher and the halftime show. And then we'll have... Swifties watching. If you're a Swifty, okay, you're a Swifty. Maybe your daughter is, or your wife is, or your sister, or girlfriend, or whoever. Uh, if they're going to watch it to see Taylor Swift, let them watch it to see Taylor Swift. Watch the game for whatever reason you want to watch it for. I personally don't care. I mean, people may make fun of you, but who cares about that? If I cared about that, I wouldn't have a Twitter account. People just go on social media all day with keyboard courage and write whatever they want to write. It makes them feel happy. I don't care about that. You could say whatever you want. You could tweet me whatever you want. You could email me whatever you want. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. It doesn't matter. You got to have thick skin, especially in this profession. But just in life, everybody should have 
thick skin because if your skin is thin, well, not only will you be cold <laughs> up north, and this morning in South Florida, cold as well. From what I understand, I saw the temperatures. I mean, I'm here in Medellin where it wasn't too cold. But thin skin, you're just going to drive yourself crazy all of the time. Some Dolphins fans have thin skin about this conversation here that I've been hearing with Dolphins players and Vic Fangio. And look, Vic Fangio's gone now. He's with the Eagles. He was the Dolphins' defensive coordinator last season. And now all these reports are coming out, or at least one report's coming out. I want to get to that discussion because I think it's an important discussion to have. And it's not just about Vic Fangio. It also has to do with Mike McDaniel. It has to do with the Miami Dolphins' culture. So I want to get to that. I want to get to many things, but I can't until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. I go online yesterday and I see all this talk about Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio supposedly was trying to get players in line on the defensive side of the football because they weren't behaving, they weren't paying attention, they weren't working hard. Now, I say it in my in that tone, you might think there's no way that report is believable. I don't mean to, to kind of seem that way if that's how it's coming off. Let me explain. So all of these stories start leaking saying what a bad guy Vic Fangio was, that's how it all began, and how the players could not stand him. So in response, what happens? Other stories come out, and I'm sure those got leaked by Vic Fangio. Hey, it wasn't me. I, I wasn't the bad guy. The players were the bad guys. Some of these players, they wanted to go out They wanted a party. I'm running a tight ship, and these guys don't want to put in the work. Here's my thought on this, and this should put everything to bed. Mike McDaniel is the head football coach of the Miami Dolphins. Vic Fangio was not the head football coach. He was the defensive coordinator. Mike McDaniel is the head coach. I don't care if it has to do with offense, defense, or special teams. It all stops and starts with Mike McDaniel. The Miami Dolphins are his football team. If there really was a problem from a player's perspective, if the players hated their defensive coordinator, If the defense was not happy with Vic Fangio, you know whose responsibility that is? Mike McDaniel's. It is Mike McDaniel's job to know that the players had a problem with their defensive coordinator. And if that was the case, 
it's Mike McDaniel's job to either step in and mediate any tension or to go to Vic Fangio and say, I need you to back off a bit. Either way, this goes to the top. And the top is the head football coach. Now, what if Vic Fangio's side of the story being told from a report, what if that is the truth? What if Vic Fangio is an old-school, hard-nosed football coach and he believes that some of his defensive players didn't want to put in the work, they just wanted to go out and they wanted a party? What if that is true? That would fall on the head coach. That wouldn't fall on Vic Fangio. No matter what side of the story you believe, it falls on Mike McDaniel. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your defensive players are? That is not Vic Fangio's job. That is Mike McDaniel's. It is Mike McDaniel's duty to make sure the players are held accountable. If there are team rules... It is his job to make sure that those rules are followed. I think first-time head coaches, they don't realize how much they are ultimately responsible for. We know Mike McDaniel has an offensive background. He can draw up really cool plays. He can get his guys in motion. He can have defenses guessing. That's all really neat. It's cool. But then you've also got that one teeny tiny part of your job as a head football coach where you are the CEO of the football team. Every player's actions, every coach's actions, they come directly Back to you. That is why when there was that conversation, if you recall, right after the season, it was brought up in a press conference. I actually brought it up here on this show before it was brought up in the press conference. It had to do with Mike McDaniel not calling plays anymore. I brought it up here on the program and I said, maybe Mike McDaniel needs to stop calling plays and focus on being a head coach. It wasn't necessarily that he's a horrendous play caller. Mike McDaniel has an offensive background. He's a guru. He's a good offensive coordinator. He did a good job as the 49ers run game coordinator. That part is not the problem. The problem is and this is just talking about game day, the head football coach has a ton to think about. Who should be playing? When should they be playing? When should a timeout be called? A head coach has got to keep his team in the right frame of mind. Head coach has got to think about strategy, not just individual plays, but Hey, do we go for it here? Do we use analytics? Or how about this momentum we've got? There are so many things for a head coach to think about on game day. 
perhaps getting bogged down in all the details of the offensive plays might be too much for Mike McDaniel to handle. Now, if he doesn't call the plays anymore, that's going to be for him to decide. He's the head coach. He's got to make that decision. He has to figure out what is too much to handle and what would not be enough. Because I don't want to be out there and not do enough or I don't want to be able to do more and I'm just not going to do it because I'm going to let someone else do it. But Mike McDaniel should be figuring out this offseason what he can delegate to an assistant and what he cannot delegate to anybody else. He's the one that gets to make all of those decisions. Chris Greer or Stephen Ross isn't going to say, hey, I don't want you doing this anymore. No, he's going to be the one to decide it for himself. Regardless of what will happen and how all of these decisions will get distributed, it starts and stops with the head coach, period. Mike McDaniel got the Miami Dolphins to the wild card round two years in a row. He's got two seasons in the league as a head coach, both with the Miami Dolphins, and both seasons the Miami Dolphins got to the wild card round. And unfortunately, both times they lost. We could talk about all the other details. We could talk about defensive coordinator. We could talk about play calling. None of those details in the end will matter because Mike McDaniel will be judged on what I just said. He went to the wild card round twice. They lost both games. That's how you're going to be judged as a head coach. What did you do? I mean, take a look at what we've got with the other team that plays at Hard Rock Stadium, the University of Miami football team. Take a look at their head coach, Mario Cristobal. Mario's got a clear strength as a head coach. He's a phenomenal recruiter. That was Mario's reputation. And you could tell he's starting to put together a program at Miami because we keep seeing the Hurricanes land big players, big-time recruits. They're doing it with recruiting. They're doing it with the transfer portal. Mario is using many ways to acquire talent. He is excellent at getting talent. But Mario Cristobal is responsible for the entire program. From getting the kids to if the kids go to class to if the kids stay out of trouble or get in trouble and end up as a Slater's scoop. He's responsible for everything. He's responsible for managing the games. He's responsible for getting alumni to donate. With Mario Cristobal, I feel it's glaringly obvious that while he's got a huge talent in bringing in kids, he's got a huge weakness. And it might only be his only weakness, but it's glaring. Mario Cristobal is really bad at the math involved with calling timeouts at the end of games. He's very bad with strategy at the end of games. We've seen it, and we saw the worst case with the Georgia Tech game, where all you got to do is take a knee and the game is over and you get a W and everybody goes home. It doesn't get less complicated than that. But Mario didn't do it. 
and it came back to bite him. If I were advising Mario Cristobal, have a grad assistant or an assistant coach, have somebody on that sideline who is only in charge of timeouts and strategy. And when the games are close at the end, that is the individual, the only person on that sideline who can talk to Mario and advise him what to do. It doesn't mean that that person makes the final call because, again, Mario's the head coach. It just means he's got one point person who goes to him and who he can go to to make sure that his weakness is cleaned up. Because that weakness is overriding the good work he's doing in other places. Now, Mario is free to totally ignore that suggestion. He can keep doing it himself. And Mike McDaniel can keep calling plays if he wants. It's his job. It's his show. But both coaches have to understand the grades that they're going to get. They both have to understand the perception of the job that they're doing. It's all going to be based off of what they wind up doing in the standings and come playoff time. You can recruit really good kids if you're Mario Cristobal. But if you blow two games a year because you mismanage those kids, what's the point of having them? It just doesn't make any sense. And Mike McDaniel could be such a crafty play caller. You can have an unbelievable week of practice and a great playbook. But if you're doing things wrong... In certain circumstances, short yardage situations, what did that entire week of practice wind up doing for your team? I'll tell you what I'm going to wind up doing next Tuesday night. Playing in my poker tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, and I hope you join me. It's the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament next Tuesday night, February 6th. Inside the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. There's $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, and it's just $250 to buy in. You do not want to miss it. Put a reminder in your phone right now or keep a reminder in your head. Next Tuesday night, that's February 6th, cards will be in the air at 6 p.m. That means the tournament starts at 6 p.m., You have until 9.30 p.m. next Tuesday night to register. No excuse. I was stuck in traffic, got out of work late. No, you've got until 9.30 p.m. next Tuesday night to get to the poker room. $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament next Tuesday night, February 6th at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Before I get into more with the Miami Dolphins, and I, I've got some very important things to say. They're at least important to me. If it's not important, I don't bring it up here on the program. And that's why, and I'm going to talk about it this segment, I promise, in just like a minute and a half. But that is another reason why I'm telling you about Stewie. Who is Stewie? Stewie is from Stewart's American Mortgage Corporation. If you are buying a home or you need a mortgage or you want to refinance, Stewie has the bagel loan. 
You're like, what the heck is the bagel loan? A bagel looks like a zero. And zero is exactly what you will pay Stewie. You will pay him nothing. No lender fees. No appraisal fees. It is the bagel loan for a reason. The big zero in the middle of the bagel. If you want to Google bagel loan, go ahead, Google Stewie bagel loan. You'll read all about it. Or you could just call Stewie. Here's his personal cell phone number. 561-379-4441. That's 561-379-4441. If you're buying a home, you want to refinance, you need a mortgage, you will pay Stewie nothing. It is the bagel loan. Stewie is going to take great care of you with that bagel loan. MLS number 226715. That's just one of those numbers like I I roll off. I got to I got to say it. I wish I had the winning lottery numbers and I could just roll those off. Maybe I'll try. 2 9 18 31 34 51. Good luck. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to need good luck next season or this offseason. A lot of moves to be made. I don't really care who the Miami Dolphins' next defensive coordinator is because the defensive coordinator is just an extension of the head coach. We know the head coach gets to pick the guy. That guy will run the defensive meetings. He'll help implement defensive strategies He'll help Mike McDaniel decide who makes the roster on the defensive side of the football. To me, this is all about Mike McDaniel. It's always going to be all about the head coach. So when I hear any stories out there, whether it's about Fangio or a player or two, just remember who's running the show. If there's any chaos, dissension, anything going on, the adult in the room has to be Mike McDaniel. And this is part of the downside of being cool. Mike McDaniel, I do think, cares a lot. He not only cares about wanting to succeed, but he cares about being liked by his players. He wants to be liked by everybody. Who doesn't want to be liked? He wants to be cool. He's he's funny. But at the same time, he also has to understand, while being cool and funny and wanting to be liked, you are the leader of men. There does need to be a bit of an iron fist. Players can like their head coach. But at the same time, there should be a bit of a fear factor. This isn't about how he looks here, okay? I don't care if he's small. I don't care what he looks like. Wears glasses, doesn't wear glasses. Wears a mask, doesn't wear a mask. Mike McDaniel needs to be commanding. If somebody is doing something wrong and breaking team rules, they should be gone. They should be punished. Players should know that. 
hey, we can have fun around this guy. But at the end of the day, it's about business here. Yeah, Vic Fangio is gone now, but I do think this situation, whatever it was, is important because Mike McDaniel has to go out and hire somebody new. So he needs to learn. With this hire, he needs to learn from his past relationship. Any mess that was left behind, Mike McDaniel needs to learn from it. He's got to figure out exactly what he wants that dynamic to be like. So it's not about dwelling on the past. It's about spitting it forward. This is year three for him. Mike McDaniel needs to win a playoff game next season. Because if Mike McDaniel does not win a playoff game next season, the conversation will absolutely shift. The honeymoon will be over. I don't know what the future will bring, but if I have to make a wager, and that wager is if the Dolphins do not win a playoff game next season, will Mike McDaniel be the head coach the following year? My wager would be no. And when I had Luke on yesterday, he was like, Chris Greer, that's Stephen Ross's guy. As long as Ross is there, Greer is there. I know that's Stephen Ross's guy, but I really do believe, and I hope this is not the case because I want the Dolphins to succeed. But I really do believe if the Dolphins do not win a playoff game next season, everybody is gone. Every coach... Everyone in the front office, everybody is gone. And Stephen Ross starts anew. I really do believe that. At least I think Stephen Ross would just start over again. The only other option, as opposed to him not starting over again, is if he just says, you know what, I tried my best, and now I'm just giving the team to this family member or selling this because maybe Steven Ross doesn't want to go through another two or three years of trying to get good again. And heck, I'm only talking about the head coach. What about the quarterback situation? I'm talking about the front office and the staff. I'm not even mentioning the players, but we got to, we got a lot of time to mention them. I mean, this is the end of January. Super Bowl hasn't even been played yet. We got to go through these Pro Bowl games first. Then we wait another week. We get to the Super Bowl. Then the offseason begins for the entire NFL. And we see more of what the Miami Dolphins may be up to. I know what the folks at Gulfstream Park are up to putting on One heck of a racing season. The championship meet, it is going on right now at Gulfstream Park. It all leads up to the Kentucky Derby in May. Yeah, the Kentucky Derby is in Kentucky. It's not in Florida. But the horses that race in the Kentucky Derby, they may be racing at Gulfstream Park. The winner of the Kentucky Derby could be racing at Gulfstream Park. These races at Gulfstream Park right now during the championship meet, they are tremendous. The best races 
in the world are happening at Gulfstream Park because they got the best horses there. They got the best jockeys, the best trainers, the best of everything in the horse racing world is there at Gulfstream Park right now. Live racing every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. If you want to go to their trackside restaurant, I highly suggest it. Ten Palms, make a reservation on GulfstreamPark.com. Head on over to the website and then head on over in your vehicle or somebody else's to a great day in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. The Miami Heat play tonight, and they used the old film session talk. I love it. There's a playbook for teams that are in slumps, and there are only certain moves that a struggling team can make to get out of that funk. You got the closed-door meeting, the players-only meeting, start a fight, have a manager or coach get ejected, or the honest film session. That's it. Those are the oldest we're in a funk, how do we get out of it moves that teams make. The Miami Heat have dropped seven games in a row. It's the first time in the Eric Spolster era that has been done. First time since 2008. So Spo pulled out the we're in a funk, we got to do the old film session, which is guys watch film, video, they're accountable, everything gets aired out in the film session, and then it's like, oh, we, we feel better. It's literally ripped from the slumping team playbook, the old film session. Now, what's going to happen? One of two things will happen here. They play tonight. They will either win or they'll lose. Hey, you're a genius. No, they'll either win tonight, and if they do, they'll credit the film session. We just needed to air some stuff out. We watched film. That's what we needed to do. We learned a lot, and we went out there and got a W tonight. That's just what we needed to do. Or they'll dip back into that bag of slump busters and they'll come up with something else. One of the other topics that I mentioned. A fight will start, an argument, somebody will get ejected. Something will happen if they don't win tonight and use the film session as the credit for winning. Yes, the Heat are a mess, but this is not the end of the world. It's a cold January for them. It happens in the league. Does it happen to the extent that it's happening to the Heat? Not usually, but it's January. Even though tomorrow is February, still it's the same thing. Everybody just needs to relax. The one thing the Miami Heat are missing is that UD pep talk. UD being in that locker room or getting in somebody's face, just the energy, the accountability, the holding of standards, that roster spot, hey, why are they wasting it on UD? Well, look at how long it's been since they were on a seven-game losing streak. UD, he would make sure this team figured it out fast. Now, some of you are trying to figure out your financial future fast. That's why I tell you to call Trajan Wealth. 
Trajan Wealth is located locally in Palm Beach. You have these financial goals. Maybe you started 2024 off saying, hey, I'm going to put together a financial plan. This is going to be the year. It's very difficult to do that yourself. You may think you've got the right plan. You might think you're going to implement it, but Trajan Wealth, they know exactly what they're doing. They're not going to tell you what goals you should have. Trajan Wealth will listen to what goals you've put together, and they'll design a plan that's based around those goals that you have created. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call Trajan Wealth at 561-390-1000. You've got these new goals, or maybe you're trying to get to the goals that you've had for a long time. Stop waiting. Get a hold of Trajan Wealth today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Here on this Wednesday, Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol with us here on the Andy Slater Show. Lieutenant, the Florida Highway Patrol has been in the news a lot. You're catching bad people. Uh, I think in the past, Lieutenant, the Highway Patrol was kind of known as, hey, they give out tickets. They arrest people for DUIs. You guys, uh, are, are you getting more involved? Three drug arrests on the Turnpike in Broward? What happened there? Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot going on, Andy. Uh, I think we've just our partnerships, uh, that you know, the relationships that have fostered are finally really, they're kind of just being broadcasted now and they're being highlighted now. And, and like you said, we're putting... We're putting bad people in jail. We're working alongside several task forces. There's there's a lot of, you know, that are, that are addressing a lot of the major issues in South Florida, one of them being obviously uh, narcotics in the street, whether it's fentanyl, whether it's, you know, these dangerous narcotics, or uh, there's a big issue with auto theft in the South Florida area, in the Tri-County area, uh, the street takeovers. That's another hot topic in the, in the Tri-County area. And so there's task forces that are out there to address these uh, issues, and, and now those task forces have reached out to the highway patrol and asked to, you know, be a part of it and assist in any way we can. And, and, and of course, you know, we, we've taken the opportunity to, uh, to do that and to be a part of that. And that's what you're seeing. And, and, um, just last week on the turnpike in Broward County, uh, we assisted, uh, some federal agencies that had surveillance on a, on a, uh, on a known, uh, drug trafficking organization. And, uh, we attempted to stop that vehicle, uh, the vehicle fled on the turnpike. Uh, our troopers were able to to end that pursuit with a with a pit maneuver, and sure enough, they found a, a kilo of cocaine in the truck. Uh, there was three firearms in the truck, three occupants in the truck, all convicted felons. Mm. Uh, just you know, you know, bad people doing bad things, and uh, we were able to really just um, to 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 apprehend them and to you know uh, put them behind bars where they belong and. And so uh, I think it's definitely a very, very, very positive, uh, you know, that that all these agencies are coming together and really addressing these types of uh, hot topics. Lieutenant, with all these pit maneuvers that you guys are doing, you got more uh, cars on the road or at the uh, repair shop? We've got a few cars that have that have uh, I'm not I can't even lie. Some of our cars, uh, they're they're you know, they're disabled uh, completely. And there's really it's beyond repair. A few of them, a handful of them are beyond repair. But, uh, you know, we've been reassured by our state legislators that um, it's, you know, they're going to continue to buy us the vehicles we need and they're going to continue to, uh, to, 
you know, provide the equipment. And so that's definitely reassuring because, you know, the end result, Andy, yes, it's, it's a vehicle that, you know, a handful of vehicles that are out of commission. But when you see the reason why, right, you know, the, the people that are being put in jail or the, or the violations that are being caught, you know, uh, I'm not going to say it's worth it, but I think it's definitely, uh, you know, the vehicle is just a very small part of the big picture. Now, when it comes to being able to do the pit maneuver and, and chase uh, drivers, chase the, the cars, you guys have a, a unique authority doing that? Or, I mean, I know you can't speak for every agency and you don't know all their policies, but from what you know, are are there any other agencies in South Florida that could do the same thing you can? As far as pit maneuvers, Andy, I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure. And if there is another one out there, um, there, there might be one or two. How, how, about, that, how about that? How about that? What is it? FOS guard? Can they do it? <laughs> the, the, the lookalike FHP car? <laughs> the the lady good. driving the car? Can she, yeah. can she yeah. do a pit maneuver? Well, well, then she would be impersonating an officer, and that's a pretty serious uh, <laughs> felony. There, we, we didn't get it. We didn't charge her for that. We charged her for the paint scheme. Anyway, so I think I think uh, the reason why is first of all, we have a forty-hour uh, block of training just for pit maneuvers. We used to do it in an abandoned airstrip up in Tallahassee. Uh, I think they're doing it somewhere else now, but uh, so forty hours of just that of, of making contact, intentional contact with vehicles to get them to stop. You know, and uh, another reason is why. Um, we primarily work on the highways, right? We're the highway patrol. And on the highway, on the highways, you don't really have like some of the other hazards that the smaller departments might have. And that's why they're not allowed to pit. Because if you work for like a municipality, you find yourself in residential areas a lot. And sometimes pitting a vehicle in a residential area might not be the best idea because there could be obviously people riding bicycles or a car could end up in somebody's living room or something like that, you know, or somebody's at a bus stop. Those are the kind of things that I think the smaller municipalities try to avoid. But because we are primarily on the highways and when you pit a car, uh, there's just either a guardrail on one side or, a, or an embankment on the other side with a with a concrete barrier wall. So a lot of those hazards are kind of decreased uh, when, when you find yourself on the highway. You know, I watch some of those pit maneuvers on TV, not just uh, from Florida, but Los Angeles, too. <laughs> I guess it's, it's almost like playing Wheel of Fortune. It's, it's easy to... It's easy to say how to do it and like, hey, no, you got to go this way. But when you're actually behind the wheel trying to do mm-hmm. it, it's it's yeah. a different story. Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol, uh, stay safe out there. Uh, be careful with those pit maneuvers, and uh, we'll chat again next week. Thanks, Andy. See you. All right, take care, Lieutenant Camacho, with the Florida Highway Patrol. They've been doing a lot more of them because uh, the state, as Lieutenant said, the state gave him authority. I don't even think it has to be a certain crime they're accused of anymore. It could just be for anything. Although they're not going to pit you for speeding. At least I don't think so. All right, that's all the time I got for this Wednesday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.